But strangely, at this moment, I am actually feeling quite relaxed. Hey. Welcome to Working Title, the show where we talk about books, movies, and everything in between. I've decided to end the year off with a bang. I very much enjoyed talking about historical accuracy in film, and anyone who knows me knows that I have a sort of obsession with the British royal family. However, something I can't help but notice is, as I put it in the title, the tabloid coverage regarding the royal family. When I talk about the royal family, I am talking about the Windsors, the current monarchs of England. However, earlier generations will come up. So, what am I even going off about? I'm pretty sure we've all been in line at the grocery store and seen those random magazines. They usually have a person's face and bright yellow letters with some bold title. Add a red arrow and you have 2016 YouTube clickbait. I'm not sure what it's like in the UK, but over here the royal family holds as much coverage weight as the Kardashians, a sentence I never want to say again. Because of this, a lot of people, myself included, I am not free of guilt, are invested in their lives. I too sat back and watched the firestorm that was Charles taking the throne. And while they are public figures, the extent to which we know to which we as the public know about their private lives, whether that be from ill-advised books, interviews, or the paparazzi being the paparazzi, it begs the question, how far is too far? Where do we draw the line when it comes to people's lives? I'm using the crown as a case study here because I think ultimately it's the best example of what I'm talking about. What better to talk about tabloid coverage than a literal soap opera? For anyone unaware, The Crown is a Netflix original series that aired in 2016, and at the time of writing is about to release the second part of their final season. It follows the lives of the Windsors, starting in the early 1950s when Queen Elizabeth was crowned. I haven't personally made it that far, but from what I've seen, it looks like the final season takes place around a bit before and around the time of Princess Diana's death. While I do like The Crown as a TV show, something we have to consider is these are real people. Real people who are still alive and were still alive when the show originally aired back in 2016. I've said before that I'm a fan of the Tudors. Personally, I can ignore some inaccuracies for the sake of good storytelling. I'm an avid viewer of the Tudors for this exact reason. However, the Tudors have all been dead for centuries. There's a lot more distance because they are already dead, and have been for a very long time. However, the Windsors, for the most part, are all still alive. Now, a good portion of the royal family actually do enjoy the show and understand that it's a work of fiction. Reportedly, Prince Harry likes to fact-check the show. And, like, I I hate saying this because he is a real person, but, like, that, <laughs> why is that how I imagine his reaction being? <laughs> I was gonna say that's the most in-character thing for him, but he is not a character. He is not a character, but that sentence proves my point. Anyway, <laughs> but as an audience member completely unrelated, I can't ignore the effect that fiction has on our lives. To an extent, the crown plays into how we view the family. If my earlier reaction is any indication, that wasn't scripted, by the way. I came up with that on the spot. <laughs> there was something that I said back in my historical accuracy episode about when it's necessary. I asked earlier what obligation do writers have to be historically accurate. I think the answer to that is, it depends. 
What's the story you're trying to tell and what tone are you going for? So ultimately, it comes down to intent and tone. While I still stand by those statements, when it comes to people who are still alive, I feel you really need to be aware of the line between accuracy and creative liberties. I put emphasis on when they are alive. There's something to be said about biopics and how they take creative liberties. And honestly, biopics are their own separate episode. I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but I have said it privately that biopics are fiction. If you want complete accuracy, watch a documentary. Which, I know, kind of goes against my whole point here. But the thing with biopics is most of the time, there are exceptions, but those are few and far between, the people being talked about in those movies are already dead. So in that way, it's similar to the Tudors, where there's more of a disconnect between the movie and reality. But when the subject is still alive, it can be difficult to find that separation between reality and fiction. I want to take a minute to talk about Princess Diana, because she arguably suffered the most from the tabloids. I think at least most of us are aware of how Diana was absolutely hounded by the press. It's honestly saddening to see how bad it was. The evolution of how we as a society viewed Princess Diana has been a roller coaster, to say the least. It started with she was the 19-year-old kindergarten teacher who was the new plaything of Princess Charles. Of, Prince, of Prince Charles, ignoring the fact that her father was a fucking earl, but tomato tomato, I guess. Then, of course, they got married, had children, and it was rumored that Charles was cheating on Diana with his school friend Camilla, which he was, for the record. But, of course, she was deemed the people's princess, so public opinion against Charles was not great. Now, I didn't put this in here, but I also want to recognize the good that Diana has done, not only in her cancer trips and her charity trips, but also what she did for her AIDS way back in the 90s, because at that time, it still really wasn't understood. And, you know, there are stories of doctors who wouldn't even touch patients with AIDS because they thought that they would get it. So those pictures of Diana holding people's hands and going and visiting in AIDS hospitals, like, that's a big deal, and I don't want to diminish that in this section. Uh, but anyway, I don't think Charles ever regained public favor if he had it in the first place. I mean, he's doing better than Andrew, but... That's a low bar. It, it, it's a bar. It's just a very low one. Okay, if we're using Andrew as the bar, then the bar is in hell. <laughs> anyway, as the story goes, they divorce and Diana is killed in a car accident. In recent years, we've seen a ton of Diana media. Of course, there's The Crown, Spencer from 2021, and Diana the Musical, also from 2021, to name a few. And this has led to Diana being portrayed as this tragic figure, this victim of the system, and putting an emphasis on her mental health struggles. I'm not saying that these are things that should be ignored, but I've been seeing a very similar thing happening with Marilyn Monroe, where filmmakers want to stress how these women suffered. If you did not experience the horrendous phenomenon that was blonde, then consider yourself lucky. 
While these are things that shouldn't be swept under the rug, there's a line between telling people's stories and exploiting them. I've seen a lot of just let them rest, and honestly, I agree. It's not like media about them and by them is non-existent, so just let them be. I mentioned earlier that there's a disconnect when it comes to people who are already dead, but that doesn't mean we aren't above sensationalizing the lives of previous royals. We're going to talk about the Tudors again. At this point, I should just review the show, but I've defended the Tudors in the past. The Tudors, while not being completely accurate, pulls a lot from the life of King Henry, and it doesn't need to be completely accurate. It's a dramatized version of his life. While this is true, there's this fascination with Henry VIII and his six wives. Show of hands, uh, who's heard of Six the Musical? Now who's heard of Six? I may have played that for a little too long, but I really love this musical. When I die, I'm going to have my ashes put into a record of it that doesn't have House of Holbin, because I really don't like that song. But this isn't about Six, no matter how badly I want it to be. Quiet, you whore! Damn, that was a visceral reaction. Uh, we have this fascination with the Tudor specifically, and I'm not really sure why. But there are a plethora of books, movies, and TV shows about them. My personal favorite author is Alison Ware. She writes fiction and nonfiction books about the Tudor era, and I love her books, so you should check her out. I recommend her Six Wives series, where each book is about a different wife of Henry's. Another notable author in the Tudor genre, as I have decided just now to call it, is Philippa Gregory, who you may recognize as the author of The Other Boleyn Girl, the book that inspired the movie with Natalie Portman. She's actually been criticized for the way she writes about them. A bit of context, the charges that led to Anne Boleyn's execution were adultery, how ironic, treason, and incest. In recent years, her guilt has been contested, with people bringing up how the jury were biased for King Henry and weren't going to disagree with the tyrant, and bringing up the possibility that the only reason Henry wanted her gone was because she failed to give him a son. Also, I don't know how I to forgot to mention this, but like, Anne was not liked by the people of England. Um, this was, I mean, she's the reason, essentially, that England moved away from Catholicism and the more Protestant Church of England. And so, obviously, when you have a country that its primary religion has been Catholic for so long, um, they're not going to take kindly to the new religion. <laughs> Uh, one, one popular rumor that went around was that she was a witch and she had, had a sixth finger. Uh, she, that ended up not being true, but it was a very common thing. But anyway, I'm going to admit my own bias as I personally believe that she was innocent. However, arguably the worst charge against her is that she committed incest with her brother George. Gregory has been criticized for her books implying that she did. Now, 
whether or not Anne Boleyn actually And then they do the old devil's tango with her brother is irrelevant. Because as an author, if you can avoid using incest as a plot device, don't use incest as a plot device! I can't believe I have to say this, but here we are. Now, I can bitch and moan about terrible writing decisions all day, but that's not what this is about. The main point connecting all of this is I think this is a wider problem. I asked earlier how far is too far. Where's the line when it comes to celebrities' personal lives? Obviously, there's leaking someone's address, but that can't be where the bar is. Once again, if that's where the bar is, then the bar is in hell. <sighs> I think the way we look at celebrities has changed a lot in recent years, especially with the introduction of the internet. With the rise of influencers, celebrities are closer in a way. Audiences connect a lot more with the average vlogger than the average actor. A part of that is the mediums. When an actor is playing a character, you're not getting to know the person. But even when it comes to reality TV, where you do get to know the people, there's more authenticity on the internet. The irony of me saying that, coming from the don't believe everything on the internet generation, is not lost on me. There's probably about five people that know what I'm talking about. What I'm trying to say is that in order to be successful on the internet, you have to open up to some degree. Sure, you can be a video essay channel that doesn't incorporate a lot of personality, but those channels don't do well in the long run. I think a reason for this is influencers are more like a person you would meet on the street, whereas your average celebrity, you're not going to feel that closeness that you would with an actual person. Someone on the internet, you could run into them at the grocery store, but you're not going to see Johnny Depp or Tom Cruise at Walmart. And you'll notice the channels that continue to be successful keep that authenticity going. They want you to feel like you're their friend, in a way. And that can be dangerous, don't get me wrong. We've all seen the dangers of parasocial relationships. But because of that, we have to ask, when is it too far when it comes to people's lives? I'm an internet person, clearly. Here we are on the internet together. But I've never shown my face and I don't use my real name. So because of that, there is a little bit more of a disconnect than with other creators who do show their face and do use their real name. All of this to say, there's a conversation to be had about where we draw the line when it comes to people's personal lives. And honestly, I don't know what the answer to that is. I don't know if there will ever really be an answer to that question. We'll just have to wait and see how society changes with the internet and the people that come up from it. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any ideas for another deep dive, feel free to let me know. If you want updates on episodes, you want to suggest episodes, or you just want to chat, you can follow me on Twitter at AshleyMarieWT, or you can email me at AshleyMarieWT at Gmail. Also check out my Tumblr, AshleyMarieWT. I've been doing a lot of polls on there. And follow my Instagram, AshleyMarieWT, if you want to see my crochet slash knitting stuff. If you want to see a video version of this episode, you can check it out on YouTube. And if you're listening on YouTube, check out Working Title on Spotify. Respective links will be in the description boxes. And until next time, peace out. On to the next one, bitches!